What is your major malfunction, numbnuts? Didn't mommy and daddy show you enough attention when you were a child? And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Oh, who's your daddy? Who's your dad? Oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh-oh. Real persistent morality. And other people have remembered when they come back to us and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just real. The truth shall set you free, but first, it will piss you off. Naughty by nature, with Nature Boy. Interesting people with interesting ideas for an interesting conversation. I just got back from a magical and surreal time down in Narcopoco. I'm telling you, I met people from all over the world with one thing in common, me included, and that's freedom. While I was there, I made some great friendships and lined up a bunch of cool guests for y'all, including Mr. Max Egan himself. That's right. I guess you can say I came back with a fat, fat Mexican Rolodex. So tonight's show is going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, my guest and I have been top bantering for probably about a half an hour. We've already done a show. It's all right. Hey, it's okay. It's okay, brother. We're all freedom-loving people around here. We're all freedom-loving people around here. Okay, he's an author, broadcaster, public speaker, and an entrepreneur. His book, The Devil Inside of Me, Real Life Twisted, is one dark, raw, and honest tale of his life. It chronicles how he overcame the darkest, I mean the darkest sides of addiction, and he turned his life around. It's a true story of redemption, and I think everybody needs to go out there and read it. It's a quick read. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Joshua T. Bergen. Sorry, Berglund. Yeah, I, I have a hard time saying my last name sometimes, so it's okay. It's okay, man. It's all good. It's all good. So how are you doing, Mr. Joshua? I am good. I am really good, to be honest with you. Uh, it has been a beautiful day in Minnesota, which is rare this time of year. And uh, we've had a great winter. And uh, after this last two weeks, I honestly, I'm thankful for every moment that I am not tremoring and my voice sounds normal and I just feel good. So I feel very blessed today. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about later on is how you're doing. And I'm curious about your Rife machine and Simpson Oil and your holistic approach because I grew up with a nurse as a mom. And I've always thought, man, if you could just take the best of both worlds and put them together because each one of them has amazing parts of it. Each one, not so amazing. But if you can take all those good parts the medical world will be just so much better than it is in this allopathic Rockefeller WEF run world. Okay. Speaking so, my language already, man. Amen to that. Well, that's why I brought you on. When I saw you with Dana Dude, I was like, ooh, that's an interesting guy. I think I need to get him on the show. And she's awesome too. She does yeah. great work. So shout out to uh Dana Duda, because uh yeah, she puts uh, she creates some amazing, informative, and shocking content. 
Yeah, she really does. And she documents everything. So it's crazy as she comes up with, oh, you don't believe me? Well, look at this article I brought out of the <laughs> archives in 1963 about the process church and Charlie Manson, stuff like that. You know, it's like, hmm, which I like. I like people who actually bring the receipts because uh, we're living in a time of, and you know it, a, a complete universal deceit where it's not like, say 10 years ago, even when you can actually go out and do some good research, kind of be able to separate the wheat from the chaff anymore. The internet's locked down. The most Google searches you're going to get is about 350. And most of them are going to be corporatized, sanitized for your protection type of articles, you know? So gone are the things we go out there and find some, like on YouTube, some grainy video of like Bill Cooper or something like that. You know, those you all internet archive. That's still there. Yeah, but they're even scrubbing that from what I understand. Oh. They're starting. Yeah, you talk about the Wayback Machine, right? Archive.org. Yeah. Yeah, they're even starting to scrub that. Man, I, that's very, because that's my insurance policy. I was joking the other day that I actually put my username and password in my will mm -hmm. because I have all my, the content I want to keep and not lose after getting kicked off multiple platforms and losing all my work. I learned my lesson. But now you're telling me maybe I didn't. So I need to find another plan. That's the rumor, brother. That's the rumor. But, you know, we are living in, you know, Orwell's Ministry of Truth, you know. What a time to be alive. Can you believe that all of these things that we saw in TV shows and movies and, and books and, and, the, and the things that were just so conspiracy back in the day, like we're, like the Terminator comes out or Run, Running Man and... Right. And they're the fifth, the fifth element, for even. And and watching those as a kid, like I remember going, uh, "This feels very real. Like this is going to happen." But everybody else, it's oh, it's science fiction. It's never going to happen. And then I remember about twenty years ago, um, I I learned what the Daniel two meant about iron and clay. When I learned that. My brain immediately connected the Terminator, started thinking about that. And that's really when I started taking a deep dive in this world that I never thought I would see, ever. Yeah. Never thought I'd be alive for it. Here we are. Well, I had a feeling as a young child, I would be seeing kind of this time, I was hoping I'd be dead wrong or dead. Honestly, man, I thought 30 years old, especially the way I live my life, my teens and 20s, oh man, I'm dead. Year 2000. I ain't going to make it. So I'm going to do a Prince and party like it's 1999. And that's, you know, that's how I live my life. And boy, if I would have known I'd make it this long, I would have done a couple things a little different. Yeah. A little a different. different. A lot different. Because it's hard to, like, for as much as I've been able to rehabilitate my life. I mean, you read my book. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty dark. But for as much as I've been able to rehabilitate my life, I could have made rehabilitation easier on myself. How? I could have learned my lesson. <laughs> I mean, exactly. how many times does one have to go to jail before they wake up and go, hey, maybe I should stop doing that? I went six times. It took six times. And it took it took being put in isolation where I couldn't run, uh, when I couldn't get bailed out. It took all that right. for me to go, what the hell have I been doing with my life? Of course, it was way more dramatic than that yeah. <laughs> at the time when I'm asking my myself that question. But yeah, I'm stubborn. I could have made it easier on myself. And I think that a lot of what fuels me to talk the way I do, mm -hmm. other than feeling like 
well, there's a relapse story that is really what inspired all of that. And I won't go into it uh, unless you ask me about it later. Um, but being bold with the truth was almost like a safety mechanism for myself, but also because I believed in my heart that the only way out of this situation was with radical honesty. And looking back over my life with all of these bad, evil things that I did, but all the bad, evil things that happened to me, ultimately the greatest sin I ever committed was learning to lie because the yeah. greatest gift I've ever had mm. was truth. Mm. Not perceived truth. I'm talking about real truth. Right. And learning to lie. I mean, a lot of people lie now and don't think anything of it. And white lies, you know, some people don't think much of. But for me, I would just lie about everything. Um, and it became a habit. And right. one of the, the greatest sins that I learned, or not how I learned that, was after being molested the first time, mm -hmm. hearing, you know, the the violent words that'll happen to you. I'm going to try to censor myself a little bit and not be vulgar. No, but I just, like it's scary good. things said to me after being molested by the two guys the first time. And, you know, they, so then I'm scared. Then I'm scared to tell the truth, but not to that point where I'm just a liar. Right. Where I really learned to lie is growing up in church. And now I'm not judging the church here. I'm saying this is growing up in church going to church on Sundays and Wednesday nights and Sunday nights and all that stuff, going to vacation Bible school. Mm -hmm. I was put in the position a lot that I had to lie about what was happening in my home. Yeah. And, you know, so your parents want you to tell the truth about everything. Don't, don't you lie to me. You tell me the truth. And then in the same, the next breath is don't you tell anybody what happened here today. Don't you tell anybody that I beat up your mom. Don't you tell anybody and then, and then, of course, I could get into the Santa Claus and Easter Bunny lies and all that because I believe that that is equally as harmful. Mm -hmm. But like learning to lie is the, I think, is the greatest sin that we all commit. And then we get so comfortable with the lies that when people need to tell the truth for their own mental health, their own soul, we now make it really hard for people to tell the truth because we are so comfortable living a lie. Mm. And we need the truth. We do. Heal. We need it. And, and it's going to violate us. It's going to, the gospel of Thomas, one of the very first voice, the verses, and I, I will shut up after this and you ask questions. Go, go, go. go. I go in talk yes. show mode when I have a microphone in front of me and I forget that it's not my show. Anyway. No, uh, no, no, the, no. So the, the, um, I lost my track when I was talking saying about that. the gospel of Thomas. Oh, the gospel of Thomas. So there's yes. a, there's a verse that says, and I, this is not, don't quote me, but essentially is you got to seek the truth with everything in you seek the truth. But when you find out the truth, you're going to get wrecked. It's going to mess you up. It's going to violate you. And it's just going to shit on your day. That's ironic and because you'll be set free. When you hear my intro, my tagline is the truth shall set you free. But first, it will piss you off. <laughs> ah, that's so well, guess what, my friend? That is biblical, or at least it yeah. should be in the Bible, because I think the Gospel of Thomas belongs there. But anyway. Well, that's an ecumenical decision and a discussion that happened um, hundreds of years ago. And I personally think there's probably a lot more ancient writings that should have been included that were not for many reasons. So many, many reasons. I mean, well, like, and hmm? 
around the world they read different Bibles. Yeah. Like everyone's King James is different. Like they some of them have like 80 something books, and I've heard one has like a hundred in it. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, the more I've researched this, I'm like, why are we reading a universal Bible if this is God's word? Why are we messing with God's word again? This is very confusing. Well, like we were saying earlier, you know, I separate the divine from the religion. You know, the divine is perfect. God is perfect, right? Religion, well, that was written by man. Divinely inspired, yes, but it's still written by man. The institutions are regulated by man, and they tend to be more of a social tool than a religious tool. And like I said before, that's absolute power. And with absolute power, shit flows to the top, and it tends to toll all the other little turds up with it. So to see, you know, back to, is it true? Is it not? Why was this decision made? Why is that decision made? Why did this church hurt me so much? Why are they dishonest? Why did the pastor get busted tapping the secretary's ass and ripping off half of the money for the church? Now we can't pay our rent. It's because we're human and humans are flawed. And the thing that keeps me on track, right? And I'm not religious by any means. I'm a Christian and probably radical in many churches, but is that separation. So when the church lets me down, Mm -hmm. man and humanity, those are people that are letting me down. It's not God. And then two, God knows what's best for us. And he gives us things that we don't think we need or know about, but we're giving them to him. And some of the times our best lessons, and you know, this from your book, my God, your sixth time in jail are the hardest things in the world to go through. But that is when I found my, the most growth comes for me is when I'm in those, when my face is down in the dirt, my knees are scraped and I have to drag my dumb ass back up over time because I made some really, really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. But through that going through, I've learned a lot of life lessons. I've learned a lot of survival lessons. Um, luckily, Almost all of them are legal, but we'll get into that. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get through. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, I don't know. I lost my thought. It happens to me all the time. I, I started a broadcast today, a solo broadcast that I was doing this presentation on independent media. Mm-hmm. And like, I had two different, like I just got completely lost in thought and just sat there as the camera is recording and going, what was I talking about? <laughs> so just 20 minutes in, I think, and then just started over and did it all over again. It's starting to happen to me more. I'm 44 years old. And like, as much as my health has improved, right. that mind space thing is mm-hmm. when my brain just completely farts and just leaves for a little bit. Right. I'm never going to get used to that. It is so embarrassing. It's common for me. I've had it my whole life, right? I remember years ago, I was having, at my mom's table, right? And we were having a conversation. I just gapped out. And I was like, fuck, I hate when that happens. She looked at me and says, <laughs> oh, I was hoping that would skip you. I says, what do you mean you're hoping that would skip me? She's like, uh, yeah, well, I've done that my whole life. So, so <laughs> get used to it. And I was like, thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. I love you. But oh, what was I talking about? Ooh, squirrel, squirrel. Oh, there's a shiny ball of shit, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just I got a little bit of that ADD, I think, going on. Just 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 a little bit. Hopefully, just a little bit. And a little bit of, mix in a little bit of dyslexia. 
Yeah, that makes for <laughs> that makes for some fun time sometimes. I, you know? I I think we're coming to a place in this world that we're all mentally ill now, so we should just wear name badges that says what it is, so we know how to talk to each other. Because, I mean, I'm not easy. I have you know with DID and ASD, right? I'm not easy, and I try to be, and I work really hard, and I I like some most of my life I live in kind of a protective bubble. Right. And and it's not to protect, you know, it's like I'm, I'm not scared of people. It's that I don't always know which version of me is going to show up to the table. And even when I'm there, if I'm not con- in control of my environment, things can get weird. And mm-hmm. and when I say weird, I mean changing into a different person, essentially, and not knowing wh- why I'm there and what I'm doing. Like, that's one example. Like, it gets weird. I bet it's not fun. Yeah, that that yeah, I could I could see having DID, which um for the listeners out there, why don't you explain just really quick what DID is? I think once you explain it, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Well, there's actually, and I'll I'll tell you, but then I uh yesterday posted, I wrote an article about DID, Mm -hmm. and it was not necessarily a personal article about me, it was more factual, providing Mm -hmm. a lot of information. So you can see that on my website, which is just my name.com joshuatberglund.com but um essentially there's a lot people will explain it differently mm-hmm. but for me i have six dominant people that live inside of me okay and each of them are pretty different mm-hmm. and um they have different taste different interest different sexualities and uh in definitely different temperaments mm-hmm. and um and so when you hear the word triggered, like some people use it as a, a mocking word, like, oh, I just sorry to trigger you. But for some people, that's actually a real thing where they get triggered and then they turn into someone else. Yes. And in some cases, that person they turn into is not very nice. And mm-hmm. and, and, and I have alters that mm-hmm. that's what I call them that are not nice, that are effing scary. And yeah. and the monster was in my book. And then it's some of its alternatives within the book. Mm-hmm. Joshua was not in the book at all. Like me, not in the book. Um, but it's it and it and they can come about in a lot of different ways. They're different ages, <laughs> they have different personalities, but the way it happens is essentially having a bunch of trauma, sexual and physical trauma happening happening repeatedly mm-hmm. over a short amount of time. Now, in my case and in other people's cases, it can go on for a long time. Um, and then and in some cases, it doesn't go on as long, but the idea is developed. For me, that's how it happened. It Mine went over. It wasn't like the abuse all happened at one time, and then it just spread out after that. It would just happen every once in a while. Right. And until I got a little bit older. But then by that time I got older, I discovered drugs. Mm-hmm. And when I discovered drugs, that turned those nightmares into fantasies. But that's another, that's, I'm skipping out of the conversation. But the way it happens again is with the abuse, uh, physical, verbal. Um, there's actually one of the ways that they train people. There's a book called The Illuminati, uh, the, the Undetectable Mind Control Slave. And Fitz. right? Fritz yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know this. Um, I read the book 
after knowing I had the ID and like, you know, I'm trying to figure this out, trying to figure out how I can heal. I went through six deliverances trying to remove because I didn't know if they were evil spirits. So I go through deliverance and it's like an exorcism, essentially. And I, I thought it helped, but the, the idea didn't go away. Um, and so it just creates some people call them soul splits. Some people say they're just personalities. I, I don't know what the real matter of fact truth of it is other than having the diagnosis and experiencing it. Um, but people will explain it in different ways, but it definitely comes from abuse, sexual and physical, and it's repeated. And it's essentially, again, it's, it's the people that know what they're doing, the programmers, if you will, they can intentionally go in and make you become something that they want you to become. Well, and in that book, yeah, in that book, it talks mm -hmm. about, it gets into the Christian altar, mm -hmm. which made me very nervous, by the way. Because I'm a new believer, I'm a couple years in, I read this book, and now all of a sudden going, wait a second, did I just program myself to become a Christian? Am I now no longer a real believer? Am I, was this, was this salvation fake? Because the reason I had that thought is because me, Joshua, loves the Lord, wants to be used by the Lord and serve the Lord and help God's children. Right. That's what I, that's what I want to do. That's my Everything I do is for that reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other people, not so much. No. And it and it and it's 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 a different it's a different. Um, ah, yeah. Anyway, I I can get lost talking about it, but it it's very it's a very confusing life to to say that to say the least. And you can heal, you can have healthy relationships, right? But it's hard, and and that's why I kind of live in a bubble to try to protect myself as much as I can from certain triggers. But then when I go out in public, this is how I have to prepare. I'm not even kidding. This is embarrassing, but because I don't drink anymore, because that makes things even more unpredictable. Um, <clears throat> I don't do cocaine or meth or any of the other stuff anymore either. I'm a big cannabis fan, but none of the other stuff. Right. But like going out in town and you, I think you said off air, you were an MC. Right. Well, former, former MC. Okay. So, and that's one of my favorite things to do. Same I right. prepare like I'm getting ready for a football game. Okay. Like when gotcha. I go MC, when I speak, when I broadcast, same mindset. And if I don't have that mindset, things get a little off and I'm not focused. Um, but when I go in town and I know I have to be around people, I go in geared up, keyed mm -hmm. up, and like ready to rock and roll. But when I go out in public, I'm very rarely me. Okay. Because me, I don't like. I'm. I'm a. I. I. I'm scared to be around people. Is that as Joshua, or is that just a basic trait? Like you're very introverted, or is it? I mean, obviously, it has to come from your childhood with the abuse and everything that you've gone through. And I think it's it's a protective method that you you have out there to shield you from getting triggered and going into those other altars. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. A hundred percent. And it is hard for let to let Joshua out. Right. I mean, this is why I would rather be in my everyday life. That's who Jessica loves. That's who my girls love. Right. Right. Um, they like the other people except for the darker ones. They like them. It's tolerable, but like I'm a brother or a cousin. 
right like right jessica right. and i's relationship i mean there's times that we're just friends there's times that we're family mm-hmm. there's times that you know we're husband and wife right it, it 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 kind of changes with the situation and if that's what it's been like for four years but it works we found a way to make it work but it, to your what you were saying like it's it sucks to have to live that way um and I want, cause I, I sincerely love people. Like I want to help people and I want to, and especially people that have been through what I've been through. But the problem is, is that people that have been through what I've been through are typically the ones that really know how to fuck me over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we tend to, our, the, the DIDers tend to all get into fights and somehow, and like it doesn't, and they don't do it on purpose. We just trigger each other. And, and it's hard to work in this space because my passion is to help other people like me, but the way that I serve them and help is there's a protective shield, so to speak, between us. Because the truth is, not everybody with DID is that safe to be around. There's times that I'm not safe to be around, but that's why I stay here. Right. Because I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't go outside today. I didn't leave my house. You know why? Because mm-hmm. I switched yesterday. And because I switched yesterday, that means I'm susceptible to another one. And that next one <laughs> might be the dark guy coming out. Maybe the one I don't want to see. And I got to be ultra careful about what I feed my mind with, mm-hmm. what I feed my heart with, and what I feed my eyes with, and definitely what I feed my ears with. Yeah. Because all of that is a walking trigger, possibly for me. So that's why I get geared up like I'm going to a football game. So I can just be like, I'm on stage, big presence, like, Hey, you can't fuck with me. Like, because I'm, but I'm, but I'm smiling and I'm happy and I'm joyful, but I'm performing Yeah, because there's so much anxiety inside of me that if I'm not built up that way and someone comes and touches me, I don't know what's going to happen. And that's the God's honest truth. I've told this story before on other podcasts but it's the best way to explain what that's like. So I'm sitting there getting my daughters a treat. We're in line. They're both sitting right here next to me. This is my micro, my microphone's me mm-hmm. right here. And all of a sudden, like someone tapped me like that in my, I mean, blood rage kicks in. And as soon as I almost turned around to swing violently, my youngest daughter squeezed my pinky enough to distract me. And so that took me, but I was still going like I'm going to swing. So as I turn my body, I see it's this older dude with Down syndrome. And I almost broke his face. And he did, he was trying to be nice. He was trying to compliment my shirt. And I almost, I mean, who knows the damage I would have done. I'm six foot two and 250 pounds and I can fight. Like I know how to punch. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a very scary moment for me because that kid didn't deserve it. He shouldn't have touched me, but he didn't know. He he, he didn't know. He had Down syndrome or other people tap you on the shoulder, just calmly, excuse me, could you show me where such and such is? Yeah, I'm very hypersensitive to having my back to people. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it's like I'm trying to work through all of those things. I've been able to retrain so many triggers that used to 
like I can look at drugs now and not lose my mind. I can look at alcohol. I mean, that never really was my thing anyway, even though I've had some drinking incidents. I didn't really like alcohol. Just I really like the drugs. Um, but I don't like I don't I didn't I don't want to live that way. And I mm-hmm. and I don't want to have to live in fear of hurting people that I don't want to hurt. And so that's why I work really, really hard um, on myself. I'm I'm learning how to break these triggers. Like I've reversed other triggers, but some of them, like the sensory stuff, I don't know how to stop that yet. Like I don't know how to make certain sounds or noises keep me from switching. I don't know mm-hmm. how, um, like with touch or even the way people speak to me sometimes, and, and, and whether they're intending to or not, like I can pick up on an energy and that will trigger me. Have you? And, so frustrating. Are you familiar with Kathy O'Brien's work? I, why does that name sound familiar? Okay, I'm going to turn you on to some some authors and some books. Okay. Kathy O'Brien was part of the MK. She's a survivor of the MK, um, the MK Monarch. Well, actually, the Monarch portion of the MK Ultra program that went in the 60s. And she was what's called a presidential model. And she was DID. And she was programmed to be a DID. She came from a generation. Her incest was generational. A really fascinating story. Her first book, Transformation of American Transformation, spelled like trance. Um, was I her, know that. Yeah, was her, basically the her congressional testimony until it got axed. And it, it's like your book. That's why I said, I read your book. It reminded me of that same book of just raw, dark, honest but it's also a story of redemption. And uh, shortly before she was co- scheduled to be killed because around 30 or so things start getting squirrely. And that's about from what I understand what she said and others, that's about the time that the, those victims take a little trip at Bohemian Grove, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Hmm. And she was rescued by uh, Mark Phillips, who was, in the FBI and he was, I'm not sure it was, it was behavior control or something like that, you know, real deep psychological stuff. And when he really saw what was going on and how it was used, he took rescued her and she has this amazing story of healing. And she also has the book that I think you'll really, really like. Um, it's called PSD is a time for healing or something. I'll find the link and I'll send it to you. And she goes through the whole book is how do you heal from trauma is how she healed from trauma. And she has some really, really good methods. I've never read the book, but I've I've heard a lot about it. And she's also somebody that you really might want to get on your show. In fact, I'd love to book both you on my show, introduce you to and just shut my big mouth up and see you go because both of you have experienced the same thing right? Mm. Extreme young childhood trauma, which causes, I'm preaching to the choir here, the personalities to split. In yours, it was organic. In hers, it was controlled by the government. And she had multiple altars. And she had one where she was basically a messenger. So she would, they would trigger her, put her in that personality. And it always uh, involved severe trauma or shock but you don't want to damage a gorgeous, gorgeous little thing. So a cattle pride, you know, wherever it is, does it. 
and it would they would put her in back into whatever altar she wanted she would go out as a diplomat having no conception of the other altars so the information in her brain as far as the personality she has at that doesn't exist so you can't break them she would show up and there would be certain trigger words that trigger back to that one specific altar and she also has a photographic memory and they would deliver the message and boom they would put her back into another altar so um yeah i'll i'll turn her turn you on to um her books i know she's on amazon um let's not talk about did anymore no no i'm good i'm good i'm good uh, i i i'm yeah i i i want to be um yeah yeah i want to be careful about this i because that so i'll segue why i'm saying this and it'll help you because you said you wanted to talk about it anyway and so i don't know what happened to me like i don't know why if you've seen any of the videos of me out there me shaking and tremoring and like not being able to talk and all that crap for two weeks yeah um, yeah, that was i have no idea what it was i have where's it at um i don't i won't look for it right now but um they had three three hospital visits uh and they ran all these tests couldn't find anything my blood was perfect you gotta understand that is impossible Mm. it's impossible so it's either the genostem peptides or god or both i don't know because the peptides are organic so maybe that is god um like i don't know what it is but my blood was perfect. My CD4 and CD8 counts are perfect. Right. And I have like straight person CDA, CD4 and CD8 counts. And right. like they're excellent, perfect. The um, and the thing about it is is that they leave, I forgot what it's called. Um, because they were talking about it with the the jabs about um the the immunity that you had, or like you would it would always leave something behind, like even though you test uh pause or you would test negative it would leave something behind. So you knew it was there and you knew you had it before. I forget what that word is, but with syphilis, it happens and HIV too, from what I understand and all signs of it were gone in my blood work. And as a chem sex addict, one, I don't even, I'm shocked I'm alive because of the things that I did. Right. Right. But, but to, and I've worked hard for the almost the last eight years to rehabilitate my life and get healthy, but I haven't had healthy blood work this entire time until the hospital stay when I'm shaking and trimmering. Brain scans all come back perfect. So about two and a half, three months ago, I started noticing that when I would hear certain things, sounds, or noises, my head would do this. Mm-hmm. And and that I can't really fake it that well, because it wouldn't it happen. It would be faster, but it would happen and it would be quick and it would be done. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is the weirdest thing, right. but it would just happen when I felt like I was about to fight. I was about to argue. There was about to be conflict or it was something very, very uncomfortable, or it would be an old memory. And I, I'm going to share this the way that I'm going to. I was told not to share this in the hospital because they tried to commit me twice because of what I was saying in the in in the psych. Yeah, I went to the psych ward too um, because I was trying to explain what was going on. But these these um, the 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 sounds that would cause that trigger. Well, anyway, I'm, I one of the things that I'm very passionate about 
is civil commitment. Civil commitment is the, one of the greatest injustices in the world. And I won't go into a speech about it here, but the contents on my website, it can happen to anyone. It is slavery. It is a shadow prisons all over the United States that any one of us could get put into for the littlest thing. So anyway, I've been interviewing these prisoners for years. I know their stories all over the country, know their families, I know the, the law behind it. And I've gotten really close to these people that have been labeled sexually violent predators. Mm -hmm. Most of these men have never been charged with a crime and have been in jail with no, or these prisons for 30 years, 20 years, 15 years, never seen a judge, never charged, nothing. This is in the United States. There is prostitution, rape, and drug drug trade that goes on with the guards in the facilities and American taxpayers fund all of it. That's where I'll stop there. So anyway, I do these interviews and I'm hearing these crazy, awful, sad stories. They, they move me. They're powerful. They're sad because people's lives have been taken from them. But I've also heard some like about the abuse and some of the other things that have happened. Never triggered me. Two and a half, no, three weeks now. Talking to this guy. I think his name's Blaine. It's on my website. I forgot. And he's telling me about getting raped in prison and being forced into prostitution. And you can see it in the video. You can see my face. Like, it's changing. Like, everything about me. And then all of a sudden, there's like just these movements that start. And it's very subtle. As soon as the interview's over, I just start arms moving punching myself. I can't stop. And it's so I don't know what to do at all. I, my doctors, I, you know, they reach out, I reach out to them, I'm not get anything about, I, go, I guess I go to the emergency room. The emergency room made it worse. <laughs> and, um, and, and the thing is, is that I was being honest about what I just told you. Right. So the very first thing the doctors said, they wouldn't, they didn't want to do blood work. They didn't want to run test. They told me it was psychological and they told me to go downtown to the hospital, downtown to the hospital is a psych ward. Anyway, <clears throat> so I like, it's not, I'm like, I, I mentally feel fine. That's the thing that is so weird because for the first time in my life, I'm experiencing serious pain and I'm not switching. Right. I'm feeling all of it. I can't disassociate nothing. I'm mm -hmm. feeling all of it. And it's freaking me out because I want to switch at that point. Like right. I'd rather have turned into the devil than feel the way I was feeling in those moments for mm -hmm. two weeks. So anyway, um, the tremors progressively got worse. I saw and then at a desperation, I call my doctors again and they say, please come to the hospital. I'm like, I am not going back to the ER after what I experienced there. There's no way. Will you come downtown? I'm not paying $100 for an Uber. Are you crazy? That's expensive. I can't afford that. And then, like, we'll send you a car. I'm like, okay. So I immediately get paranoid because I'm like, if they're willing to pay for my car downtown, I live 45 minutes away. <laughs> okay, this is shady. But I'm so scared because I can't stop tremoring, hitting myself. I got bruises on my leg because I'm beating the shit out of myself and I can't stop it. Wind, change of temperature, everything's triggering it. Sounds, music, Jessica touching me. Like it, it, I, it, it all hurt. And um, so I go there, I get to the hospital downtown. Mm -hmm. I did a video outside of it going, okay, if I disappear, 
<laughs> I, I saw that one. I saw okay. you walking in with, with your cell phone. All right. And that was no joke. Right. So I go in and my social worker, so I'm I'm in the middle of disability and stuff like that because my mental uniqueness is, you know, it, it right. makes it hard. There's a reason I serve full time. Anyway, they're supposed to be ready for me. And I get there and they're like, who are you? What? What do you mean? Like everything they're saying is aggravating me. So then all of a sudden I'm like really uncontrollably swinging my arms at myself. I look like I just did a bunch of meth and acid and everything else. And, and I, but I feel perfectly sane. So as I'm hitting myself, I'm looking them in the eyes with my eyes as big as possible going, I am in, I am sane. I am not disassociating from this. I know exactly what's going on, but I can't stop. <laughs> like, so then they come out. There's four of them. They come out and they say, we would really like to or give you a room is what they said. Oh, in other words, sign this form, sign the form, the, the, the consent form that consents everything away. That's exactly what happened next. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to do it. I was scared. I tried to leave, but I thought I was dying. Right. Then I go in there into it and they go, it's not, it's not as pretty as the hospital. So the front, front facing room of ASP is gorgeous. It looks like you're going to a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon office. And when you open that door to go in, it's like looking at hell. It's, it's Shawshank redemption. No, not Shawshank. Uh, what's the one with Jack Nicholson from the middle of the cuckoo's nest? It's cuckoo's nest. Nurse, nurse Ratchet. What's her name? I, I think that was, I think that was it. Like, that's what the setup looked like. And right, right, yeah, anyway, so long story short, um, I get in there, I'm in a room, and it's the temporary holding area, and that is a nightmare. So I realize what's going on. Um, and I just do everything in my power. So one of the weirdest things, and I'll shut up after this, is that if I focused really hard not to move, I could talk normal. I could keep still and talk to you very focused and say, I am perfectly sane. I know everything I'm saying to you. This is my name. This is my phone number. This is where I used to live. This is my, I mean, I would do it everything to show that I was sane just to be able to leave because the rule is you can't leave until you see the doctor. And so that's when the doctor, this is exactly what happened for any reason. If you ever go to a psych ward, let me give you this advice, especially if you don't want to be there. One, get your shit together. And two, when they come out with their notepad and they're writing, they're not going to look at you. Very rarely. They're not going to look at you. Look at what they're writing. I looked at what they were writing and knew I had to get the hell out of there. And so I squeezing everything together, talking as stoically focused as possible to let them know that I was sane and I was being very loud about how sane I was. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to leave, wow. but I, it was sketchy because, and Oh, and Oh, but when I was talking about the focus part, when I really focused, as soon as I let go of the focus, <laughs> I just it was like holding in a bunch of energy and all of a sudden it just got to come out right. so anyway I escaped the psych ward had one more hospital visit that I stayed overnight that's when they ran all the tests and I found out it was great and then 
because I'd put videos out on social media because I was so scared. I didn't trust my doctors. And that's exactly what my first post said. I do not trust my doctors. I'm, I know it's crazy to come to X Twitter for help here, Mm -hmm. but I trust this more than my doctors. Right. Right. And I want to, I, 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 there's a lot of things I hate about social media, but X probably saved my life that day because all of the recommendations that were coming in and like, there was some wild stuff and like, I'm taking notes and a lot of this stuff I knew because I formulated products. I know a lot about, you know, creating products and distribution. And Mm -hmm. so I I knew a lot of the stuff that they were telling me, but I was looking for something space age that was going to kill these trimmers. And uh, by the grace of God, man, uh, someone recommended Rife. And uh, yeah, I, I, all I can tell you is this, uh, the Rick Simpson oil that I was taking, um, it helped calm me down. It was much better than the narcotics that they were trying to give me. Because right, the yeah. first time they gave me, they, it made me hurt worse. It does. I felt like I was being poisoned. Mm-hmm. And I thought I w- it was awful. It, and it made my tremors worse, not better. These were pills to sedate me. They were making me worse. Rick Simpson oil calmed down the tremors where it would just be ma- more in my head than anything. Okay. And then, but when it wore off, it, it would go crazy on me. And um, so, but that, so it was a good pacifier. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I believe that Rife has helped me so much is because I quit using Rick Simpson oil a long time ago. I mean, I only used it for a few days. And then just using the Rife machine, three treatments a day, and like the trimmers went away. And mm-hmm. I I had one yesterday, just one small one. It was like nothing. It mm-hmm. might as well have been a sneeze. Um but I'm still taking it easy because I, if it is a trauma related thing for whatever reason, if it is trauma related, I believe what was happening was God was healing me. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's what I've convinced myself of. Um, but yeah, I'm a believer in the Rife machine and also treating the water with it. Game changer. Now, how do you determine what frequency to use? Well, because Matthew sent me a message and said, you should you should treat your water and he explained to me why and i have chronic dehydration mm-hmm. uh, like chronic like i i have to budget for hydration packets because i have about three a day that's how chronically dehydrated mm-hmm. i am the the 528 water like it's it's so hydrating the thing that's kind of trippy about it and I think you can do this from your phone too, by the way. I'm not, I don't work for Rife and I don't sell Rife, um, but I, I, I can, I, I stand behind it because, or stand by it because of what it did for me. Um, but I think there's apps on your phone that you can, frequency apps on your phone that you can treat your water. And I don't think it's as, I don't believe it's as effective as a machine or one of the sticks, like the wands that they have. But it, from what I heard, this experiment to test it, works and when you drink it you'll feel it like dissolve right here you don't feel it go down hmm. you don't feel it in your stomach it dissolves right here hmm. it's like it evaporates it's the it's so it's so it's trippy at first then it's neat but then when you go drink water normally after that a like water tastes terrible and you feel it go down and it's like this doesn't feel right that's it's not supposed to be this way it's very interesting. 
Wow, that's fascinating. I've always been fascinated with uh, Royal Rife, I believe it was his name that invented it. And the microscope that he had was about, basically it was the biggest and baddest in existence then. I mean, it was almost an electron microscope, but it was analog. And just <clears throat> the amount of results he had, like cancer, he would he had that mind where he could figure out the frequency of that cancer cell and he could set up the machine on that specific frequency and it would kill that cell, but nothing else around it. You know, and the fact that he was celebrated first, you know, yeah. old awards and everything. My God, you, you found the miracle. Then right after it, you know, some phone calls were probably made or back then some telegraphs were put out to some very prestigious, powerful people. And the next thing you know, he was literally, from what I understand, if I'm wrong, please correct me. He was persona non grata cut out, just kind of like they did with Tesla. We got That's how I understand homeboy. it too. Yeah. There is um my friend, uh there's something it's I forgot the name, it's not aqua 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 cure machine that I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um if you are, please stop me, but it works along the same thing. What it does is uh puts basically certain electromagnetic frequencies into water and depending on what frequency it can have pretty amazing results it's basically brown's gas you know but there's something about the different frequencies by what it's which it's done you can even use it as a torch that'll cut metal but won't cut your hand which i, I find really amazing because you know you're not dealing with heat you're dealing with something much more greater than heat um so i mean it, it's it's fast cut with frequency uh, well, this was with Brown's gas. Oh, okay. It's called the Aquacure, and the gentleman who invented the technology can use it to cut steel, but it doesn't cut your finger. It's a really weird technology, but then it goes back into things that we don't know about, that they don't want us to know about, about the natural world, that my opinion has, if this technology, say, for instance, Tesla, and I'll get to him in a second because I'm fascinated with that guy. Whew were to be introduced it would be such a game changer and disruptive technology that the powers that be the the rothschilds who own the rockefellers and the rockefellers who own this and this and this would completely destroy their power system mm -hmm. uh, i just there's a famous story and if you heard it about tesla please stop me but one of many one of many he basically was building the walden cliff tower and he told jp morgan hey well, I'm, I'm building it for, you know, wireless transmission. J.P. Morgan's like, I'll fund that. Well, through the project before it was even done, he's kind of a little honest with J.P. Morgan says, oh, yeah. And by the way, I'm creating the technology to use that not only to send out radio waves, but also to transmit electricity for free. I'm going to transmit it through the earth and through the sky. So all you're going to need is a little receptacle and you're going to have free, cheap energy everywhere. Isn't this great? Because he was altruistic. He wanted to take what he knew and help the world. Yeah, well, like me. Morgan, like you, like exactly. But J.P. Morgan kind of says, well, you can't put a meter on that, right? And then, well, he went and that project was done. And I think he was. I think it was after that, mysteriously, Tesla's laboratory burnt up and you know, then he was kind of <clears throat> thrown down the memory hole of history. And luckily, Westinghouse, you know, had a pension from Westinghouse. And Tesla should have been the richest man in the world with the original deal of Westinghouse. 
but because Westinghouse had his problem, he tore up the contract. So he finished out his life, a lonely old man up in the top of, I believe, the New York Hotel, married a pigeon and passed away. And nobody even knew his name. They know Edison. They know J.P. Morgan. But they didn't know Tesla. And Tesla was the reason why you and I to this fucking day are able to communicate the way that we are. We're he's the reason why when you turn on a light, you get a you get a light. He's the reason he's back. Oh my god, I'm babbling, but I'll I'll conclude it with this and throw it back to you. Um the AC motor that he invented mm-hmm. while walking along a path with his brother or his brother-in-law. Right. And through that, through that, by reversing it, instead of electrons going into it, it throws it off, which is AC power generation, which was built around the 18th to 19th century, right? The turn of the century. That technology is still the same technology that generates most of our energy today. Solar, eh, a couple percent. Wind power, well, you want to kill some eagles and really fill up some landfills. Good going on that one, guys. Yeah. The AC, the, the how you generate power, you have a magnetic coil, a stator inside, and you always got to do is spin the stator. And the only thing that's really changed since then is just how do you spin that stator? Do we run it through water? Do we run it through steam? Do we use nuclear power to heat water and run it through the steam? So essentially, it's kind of like a steam engine. And yet they're telling us to this day, that's the only way to generate power. When back then that was before the Wright brothers. And now we have technology that according to, Oh, I forgot his name, but he was in charge of the skunk works. And mm. said a long time ago, um, we now have the technology to take ET home. Mm. They're telling me that the advance of technology and just flight and propulsion, right, that came out afterwards, there ain't figured out another way to generate electrons. Or, hmm, I just find that some little rotten around the hen house. That's <laughs> late too long, if you know what I mean. Just I do nothing about frequency. I've I've seen all the memes on Twitter, but it's like I've never felt led to ever take a deep dive on him. I was more interested in other subjects. Yeah. But now that Rife has played such a pivotal role in my well-being and healing, like I now I want to know everything about Tesla and Mr. Rife and like and I and I and 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 what you were talking about, like even just our old inventions and old technology that's been removed from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, thinking of that and speaking of technology and how far we've come, and don't even actually realize how far advanced we are. Uh, did you see the what was it the alien? Uh, it's in Vegas. It's happening. It's a big. They have you know. Uh, uh, the doctor's name, he always presents on aliens and alien oh, disclosure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. On that guy, but he's okay. No I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I really believe what he's saying or not. But I did watch some of the presentations from that event. Right. Yeah. And they were showing you the, the, this particular section I'm talking about that really stuck out to me. 
is when they were showing our technology for ships. Right. And the capabilities that we were having. So we see the stuff that we have now, but we're talking like this technology was developed in the 50s, in the yeah, 20s. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and so they were showing the differences between an alien ship versus man-made, showing just how different they really are. Right. And in 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 that there is a difference between these people that are pretending to be alien ships and the real thing. And so is this a fake disclosure? I don't know. But it was very, very interesting to me because you were talking about hidden technologies. Yeah. What do they really know? You and know, what can they really do that we're not aware of if we're just seeing stuff from the 1950s? It only, I mean, think about how fast, what is the law, the technology law that- Moore's um, law. And, thank you. God, you're smart. Um, I just know that, a lot about, I know a little about a lot of things like we were talking about earlier. So thinking about 1950s with that technology, what they already could do with sending e, ET home in the 50s, it's 90 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what 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 can they do like we probably have someone sitting right next to us and we have no idea <laughs> they got the invisible cloak on there there's a story that you mentioned that about targeted individuals and it's a pretty com- convincing story about a targeted individual and one of the things that they would have was cloaking these these cloaks now you could see it in the mirror you can get an image that was kind of the the Achilles heel, if you will, but without that, you don't see him. And they would go into his apartment, right, and push him around. Think about how fucking freaky, if you didn't understand what was going on, right, you would think that there's demons tossing you around. Really, it's just people with advanced technology in your room fucking with you, man, moving your furniture and probably laughing like sons of bitches. Hey, check this out, man. Yeah. Hey. Take the toilet paper roll and spin it really quick. And watch it just go off like that. I mean, and according I'm gonna to have weird dreams now. <laughs> Sorry about that, brother. No, no, it's okay. I, I I'm due for a weird dream. Uh it's better than the scary ones. Uh yeah, but it gets back to what I was saying about I mean, ancient te- I mean the advanced technology. You ask a question, what do they have now? Yeah. I've heard it's up to thousands of years advanced. And what I've I've said this a million times to people. I said, you know. Let's just hypothetically get a magic wand and wave it out there and have the cutting edge of the cutting edge of the darkest technology revealed to us. Most of the people, no matter how much you try to convince them with facts, would not have the mental capabilities to accept the idea in reality what is being shown to them is true. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the 90s, me and some friends were up camping in the Sierra Nevada mountains, right? We're camping on this side of this mountain. We had this huge, expansive view of the Tahoe, Nevada skyline. Well, out of nowhere, right, this light just pops up and goes from one horizon to the next in a matter of seconds, where a normal jet would be flying like this, you can barely see my hand move. It just went, Phew. and then what really blew me away is it turned at acute angles without slowing down. And we watched that son of a bitch about 15 minutes. And man, I knew I was high back then, but I, but I wasn't that fucking high. And my friends all saw it. And afterwards, I looked at him half jokingly, half serious and said, gentlemen, we have just seen an unidentified flying object. Now, personally, I think it was government 
experimental aircraft. But what it showed to me is whether we have it or them little slimy grays or those insectoid guys or whatever the hell they call them, right? Anti-gravity technology exists. Yeah. And there are so many stories like the TRB3, the big triangle experimental mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, they talked about that in the conference. Yeah, it has that technology. And there's a lot of people, I've even known at least one, if not two, that have seen something similar to that in the sky floating silently and all of a sudden just goes, it's gone. Just silent, you know. What kind of training would you have to do as a human being to be in a plane like that? I don't know. You might even have. I mean, let's just if we're going to go off the deep end, let's go off the fucking deep end. <laughs> you could even have to be mod genetically modified to operate something like that. You know, you might you have to be like the Avatar movie where you are genetically lined up and in sync with the vehicle that you're operating. Who knows, man? Who knows? No, you're. I think you're. You. There's some truth in that. I think. Could be. It could be, man. I. The world is so weird anymore. I can't say it exists, but I sure as hell can't say it doesn't anymore, man. It doesn't, and especially learning about magic and the occult and, you know, Crowley, Rosicrucians, and knowing. A ma magician in my day, right? Who was a close friend when I was a teenager, and we had many a let's just say long spirited nights talking about such things. And I sure think you get my drift, but um, yeah, it's just crazy, man. You know, I mean, what do you think about it? Do you think what if what do you think exists if they just says, "Poof, we're showing you the darkest of darks technology." What do you think exists? Whatever we imagine. Yeah. I because I, I'm you know, it's it's interesting that you know, I, I came from some dark stuff. Yeah, and, totally. Holy shit. And, uh, but and so my natural my natural instinct is to go back to where I came from and help there. Mm-hmm. And there's a weird balance in doing that because, you know, it's not easy to be around the really, really dark places that I'm used to with a different heart and a different mind and being able to come out unscathed. Right. Yeah. And so, but at the same time, if I don't pay attention to that and I focus on happier more uplifting things that still have a purpose like discussing independent media and the opportunity that provides the world and why now is the time to act like talking yes. about that message is something i can still speak about and be passionate about but it also brings me a lot of joy because it's bringing opportunity and it's bringing it could it, it brings hope to the hopeless so there's that element of it and so when I live in that world, that world is all beautiful and positive and fun and entertaining and exciting. But when I'm doing my shadow prison work and I'm in the streets working with people and I'm in the gutter, or I'm in meetings and talking to people that have suffered horrific things. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, everything I see out here is dark and evil and the world economic forum wants to kill me and enslave me and all I start thinking like that. So am I creating this 
or 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 what is it? Like I don't know the answer. Uh, it's or is it? I'm just being turning a blind eye and now just having temporary being naive. Is that what it is? Like I don't I don't know the answer to the question because I the last thing I ever want to do is ignore the very people that I'm equipped to help. Yet at the same time, the detriment and the toll that it takes to do that. Mm -hmm. I have to ask myself all the time, is it worth it? And so kind of what I've learned in this last few weeks for myself personally, and I I have little special guards up for myself so I don't get too hyper-focused on a subject. Mm -hmm. I have a, a variety of content on my website. The reason why is to force me to talk about other things that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the fact that I want to showcase all of my wonderful talking skills. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do yeah, with I'm obsessive and I'm a psychopath about it. And it's really, really easy for me to get fixated on something. And when I do, it's like going into a wormhole. And then when I finally come out six months, like, what? And then and I, I don't even realize that the world had taken place all that time. So it's a really weird balancing act. I don't know how to answer your question, but it is a constant juggling match for what I do with my own life. But I'm, I'm, I, I think I've got a good balance figured out moving forward, which is I'm just going to mix things up as much as possible throughout the week so I don't spend too much time on dark subjects. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, I mean, I want to be very, very clear to you, the dark subjects or what is very comfortable for me to talk about. Sure. But it's also the very thing that can cause me problems. So anyway, I'm just diversifying. I don't want to abandon the people that I, I want to help in the prisoners. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to abandon them. I'm not going to abandon my mission. I'm just going to be smarter how I go about things. And the other thing that I've done um, to help is because I realized this, and I don't know if any other married people are listening to this right now or people that are in you know very loving, healthy relationships. You know, venting to our partners is not always the right thing to do, especially when it's about them. Not exactly <laughs> a smart thing to do. And it, and, and you want to and like, and I'm one of those people that I want to express myself. Like I need to, because if I keep it in, it's gonna come out ugly. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, again, like. I've decided that I'm just going to start seeing a counselor so I don't have to say the way I'm upset in a way that's going to cause damage and cause Mm -hmm. harm, but instead allow me to approach the situation in a way that the environment feels safe. Because one thing I want to say about DID, going back to that subject, even though I said I didn't want to talk about it anymore, is that like it's like fighting is just the absolute i i can't get in a fight with someone and it sucks like cuz there's times i want to fight back but i can't fight because if i fight i could escalate to a place that not good no so and that but even that can be a simple argument an argument can cause a switch right if the right things said if the right pressure buttons pushed so I have to figure out a healthier way to express my hurt. And the other thing that I used to do through broadcast is uh, broadcasting is therapy for me. And mm-hmm. I and I I'm thankful for that. But the one area that I am not able to really do is work out 
you know, marital problems. <laughs> what makes you different? I'm not going to embarrass. I'm not going to. I don't want to draw that attention because half the time it's me. <laughs> like it's it's definitely me. Um, most of the time you're not so, individual i mean what other man in the world that's married ain't got those same fucking ideas or as a relationship it's like the thing uh, about women there's just certain things you accept them and you just don't try to figure them out because they just confuse me they just confuse me. i said i love you darling it's like here's something you can relate to back in the 90s and we're wrapping up on the end of this so but back hmm. in the 90s i had a girlfriend beautiful blonde right and she was a fag hag. Her words, not me, everybody out there. So don't get triggered. Um, <laughs> they deserve I, them. Exactly. When, I, when you know, and I got no problem. Not on gay people, by the way. Calm down. I'm half gay, so it's fine. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Right. That's why I said you can relate to the damn thing, right? <laughs> and at first, you know, I had some gay friends, but I'd never been in the clubs. I'd never been part of the community, right? And there'd be things I'd just freak. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'd go to her. And right off the bat, she says, here's the deal, David. Don't try to figure it out. You'll never figure it out. It'll only confuse your straight mind. Just do this. <laughs> yeah, that's gay. So that's the trick that I learned <laughs> that. It's just there's certain things I don't understand. Hey, that's women. I accept you. I love you. It's like, ah, that's gay. I accept <laughs> I love you. But not in that way, homeboy. So with that. I Huh? Oh well, yeah. I want to. I at least have to say this out. Please, please. Jessica, I don't hear the only reason I'm like here right now is because of Jessica. I mean, mm -hmm. God's God's love and redemption, first and foremost. But Jessica has helped me learn. She's helped me integrate into society as mm -hmm. a normal person. I have friends for the first time. I'm 44, and I have friends. Nice. Never um, they're comp they're different relationships, but they're still friendships and they're real and they're sincere and they're honest. And, and I'm grateful for that because if anyone out there is with DID that has DID or even BPD, and there's a lot of other disassociative um, issues uh, or diagnosis, but you can heal. Yes. Like, I, I, you can heal and mm -hmm. you are worthy of love and you are absolutely capable of having a relationship and here's the thing your relationship may not look like a traditional relationship right it may be that you love like what jessica and i are sometimes we're business partners sometimes we're friends sometimes we're lovers sometimes uh we're boyfriend and girlfriend sometimes we're married it sometimes we're family and we just shift gears because that's what's being presented now it does do we fight yeah of course we have fights right. but the fluid nature of our relationship allows fluid movement with the changes so that it's not personal. Right. The other thing too, if you're mm -hmm. somebody out there that loves somebody with BPD or DID, mm -hmm. um, listen, you have to set boundaries and you have to keep them. No matter how bad the boundaries hurt to keep, mm -hmm. keep them because the minute you let somebody cross or penetrate or break your boundary, mm -hmm your relationship's over. It just is. And I, and I don't say this lightly or to be irresponsible, but I'm saying that you have to, in your altars, each altar that shows up, you have to have the same strict boundary and you may have to put some 
force behind your boundary. Because if you want to have a healthy relationship with somebody with DID and you can, it's a unique experience. It's not always great, but it can also be the greatest times of your life. Um, it is the most different and joyful and crazy and heartbreaking and adventurous relationship you'll ever have. But right. people with DID have a very unique ability to love in a very, very special way. And it may not be able to love a whole lot of people, but the person that they feel safe with and the person that they feel love from and feel safe from will get love and loyalty in return. Mm -hmm. But you have to honor the boundaries or you'll never have that ever. You know, I'm going to send you a link to uh, Kathy O'Brien's book on PTSD, A Time for Healing, because you're saying the same thing that she says in her book. And that book is the method that she healed from DID. So if it, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, let me ask, may I send you that link? As opposed to me just saying, I'm going to send it to you. God damn it. If you don't like it, fuck yeah. So nah, uh, we're friends now. You can, uh, you can send me anything. All right. Well, there's a certain things I won't send you like, you know, that, 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 well, we won't get into that because. <laughs> hey, I can take this conversation to a really dark place. If you want to go there or, or really like this, our nerves is both. Our noses both start might start itching, and I don't want that. Put shit up my nose in twenty years. I don't want to put nothing up my my nose. I'm retired. I'm retired. My body yeah. couldn't handle it at this point. Well, come on, it's my resonator. You know, it's going to resonate. I don't want to fuck that up. It's hard enough, you know. It's uh -huh. like I got to get some flonase because I got to get in that nice resonating voice, right? I'm a little stopped up. What the fuck do I want to crack up with a bunch of fucking poison meth or coke that's got whatever the fuck it is? Oh, it's so <sighs> dirty now. I hear like I feel that's sorry for drug addicts because I mean I would never like that. That problem. Here's the thing. I'm gonna be like God, God's honest truth. I know now if someone goes, "Hey, I have cocaine," I'm gonna like, "Yeah, but it's like I ain't touching that." Right, right, right. But if I happen to see somebody from the cartel that I used to know and they had a big tape, like if they showed up. I would have a harder time walking away. I would walk away because I don't want to throw my life away, but that would be harder because I'm like, oh, that's the shit. That's, the, that's, shit. The, that's the pure stuff. Oh, boy. Uh, but I'm retired. And let me tell you, here's something else, too. I want to talk to the addicts really quick. I know we're winding this up, but this is the last thing I'm going to say unless you ask me a question. No, well, actually, I, I think it's time to do that. And um I want to hear that, then we'll wrap it up. I have a some business that I need to attend to since we oh, got sure. phone. Yeah, yeah. No, Sorry, it's no hurry. So hey, go for it. Well, I was just gonna say that um find something that you love more than drugs. And typically that's gonna be the thing you're passionate about. Yeah. So that's the only thing that saved me because I promise you, the smell of cocaine still gives me an erection. Like it <laughs> just I it's a sensory thing. But it brings back a lot of memories. I, if I walk yes. it, I can smell it. I'm like, oh boy, because um, it's triggering for me. Sure. So I got to be very, very careful. But here's the thing: if you have a reason that you have to get up every morning, right, really helps making not doing it easier. And if you need help finding your purpose, I offer like I I I work in service of of man, man and women, and trans too. I don't mind. Um, but what I'm getting at is. If I can help you, you right. can contact me on my website at joshuatberglin.com and I will work with you. I will help you. And I'm not an expert at this, 
but I'm pretty good. And it just happens to align with my spiritual gifts. And I love being able to serve and help people. I love making the light bulb go off. Wow. I can't believe how fast this hour has gone. I mean, I think we've been talking for an hour and a half now. So this has been an absolutely fascinating, just amazing way to spend an evening. So I hope everybody out there listening really enjoys it too. Uh, where else? Tell everybody where else they can find you besides your website and say your website again, because it takes usually three times to get through somebody's <laughs> At least it takes about six for me. www.joshuatberglan.com. And that's B-E-R-G-L-A-N.com. Um, yeah, I'm on X. Like, I, I love X. It is, it, to me, if I could just, like, turn those people into avatars, we could actually talk to them in real life. I love it. It's a full-contact sport right, <laughs> yeah, platform. Um, I'm Mayor's Media there, and the reason I don't have my name um, is because I've been kicked off of social media so many times uh, <laughs> for talking about a lot of things we talked about today. Ooh, yeah. And we're but nonetheless, uh, you can follow me there. And I, I mean it, if you contact me on my website, um, I'll respond back with an email. I'll send you my calendar. There's no questions asked. I'm not going to sneak up and put you in a mailing list and start asking you for money. I don't do shit like that. You can just no. reach out to me and get help and, uh, and you can leave. All right, Joshua. Well, like I said, I can't believe how fast this is going. Everybody out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into my show. And I can be found at the real nature boy on X slash Twitter, not to be mistaken with Mr. Ric Flair. I could never live up to his name. Okay. And I can be found my show. This one right here is on rumble. So it's naughty by nature with nature boy. Naughty is spelled in a U T I as a nautical. I can be found at the TNP, the new prisoners rumble site. Every Friday we do an encore presentation, but not this Friday because I'm getting caught up from an Pogo. If you like what you hear, let me know. If you hate what I hear, let me know. Hate listeners are welcome because this is 24 and I believe in running an inclusive website. So everybody, thanks for tuning in. Party on Wayne, party on Garth, and have yourself a fantastic day.